Welcome to Parents on Pictures podcast. My name's Damien. I'm Matt. I'm Sam. And what we do each and every episode is we take some films from a popular streaming platform like Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, YouTube, and we watch them come in here and we discuss them. And the idea is by the end of it, we see if we can recommend it for you busy parents out there, especially if you've only got one film that you can watch this week, as most of us do, especially leading up to the busy, busy Christmas holidays, trying to get all those last minute Amazon Prime things in. Uh, I know for myself that I've I've just been ordering a whole bunch today. And what are we now? We're on the 20, yeah, 20th, 21st. That's cutting it. The 11th hour. <laughs> the 11th hour. I do this every year. Everybody expects it. Um, I've even messaged a few people saying, what do you want? I, uh, I'm doing my Christmas shopping right now. So hopefully Prime <laughs> Delivery won't let me down. Um, but today it's a little bit different. We're going to be talking about two films. Now, because of our schedule over October, we completely missed the Halloween season. So we didn't get an opportunity to talk about all those wonderful horror films out there. So what we're going to do now is each of these episodes, we're going to discuss a Halloween type film. We're going to discuss a Christmas type film. And then we are going to deliberate which one we would recommend to you if you could only watch one this week. So essentially, we're putting Christmas up against Halloween, and we're going to see which holiday wins. So I'm going to introduce the film. The first one that we're going to do, or the first one I'm going to talk about, is The Christmas Chronicles 2018. And it is starring the legendary Kurt Russell. Now... The plot goes as such. The story of a sister and brother, Kate and Teddy Pierce, whose Christmas Eve plan to catch Santa Claus on camera turns into an unexpected journey that most kids could only dream about. And we are going to be putting that film up against, again, 2018's Halloween, which is Laurie Strode confronts her longtime foe, Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. And just a very quick point on that one, it's worth noting that like some of the other franchises out there, I'm looking predominantly at Terminator, it has ignored all of the terrible films in between the first one, and so they are to be ignored for this Halloween. It literally takes up 40 years after the events of that one night, ignoring every rubbish film in between. And I think that really helps. So, gents, the floor is yours. Who would like to open with what film? Well, it's interesting you've picked two films that involve a tall, uh, costumed man entering houses without permission and then and then everything changes from there out i don't think there's too many more similarities uh, from there um I, th I thought it was interesting like it is an interesting concept taking like christmas movies and horror and well halloween movies horror movies um and putting them up against each other because i guess there'll be some people that dislike the entire genre on both counts i'll put my hand up and say i'm not a massive horror fan I wouldn't also say I'm a massive Christmas movie fan across the board. There are some that I'm like, those are classics. But it's almost like when you've got the classics and then you've just got a whole load of drivel. And that was probably my 
I don't know, probably biggest preconception of maybe the Christmas Chronicles that it was going to fall in. It was going to fall into that category of the Christmas. Just well, don't even bother. Don't. Why would you bother trying when you've got Muppets Christmas Carol to go up against? Oh, that's a um, good one. I'm not. I'm not going to give away where, where I come down on the argument, but that was kind of my my jumping in point on both of those films. Like, not sure what to expect with my track record with both genres. No, that's a good point. I think the last time I enjoyed a Christmas film was Tim Allen's original, um, what was it called, Santa Claus, way back in the day. But that's because I was, I was, well, I don't know how old I was, but I was a kid myself. And then ever since then, I agree with you, Sam, a lot of the stuff that comes out around Christmas time is drivel or it's, you know, it's just trying to capitalize on the season. But you can say exactly the same for Halloween films. Most of the slashes and horrors that come out specifically around Christmas time are absolute nonsense. It's just you mean something- Halloween. Hey? You mean uh, Halloween time? Uh, excuse me, yeah, <laughs> Halloween, yeah, yeah, around uh, Halloween time. No, sorry, uh, they're absolute nonsense. They're usually uh, sequels to well-established franchises. You do get some gems from time to time. I'm thinking of um, It Follows and the remake of Stephen King's It. And you, you do get these really good horror films occasionally. But when it comes to Christmas and Halloween... It's usually just, right, let's get the marketing up. Let's pump out these pieces of rubbish as quickly as we can and capitalize on, on the season that we're in. Um, and, I, yeah, I was concerned very much so that the you know, Christmas Chronicles and Halloween 2018 were only going to add to the very disposable films that were already out there. But I was actually really pleasantly surprised by both of these films as to how good they were, which really created a problem for me in terms of recommending one or the other. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Halloween guy, love my horror films. I'll watch the drivel and I'll find some kind of enjoyment out of it, even if it's just the characters being offed um, in, in very different creative ways, because a lot of the time that's, that's all that they can do, because we've seen the story a thousand times. Um, but on, on, on the flip side, the Christmas Chronicles movie was also really good. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I honestly don't know where I am at this point. I, I, I approach these two movies with a bit of uh, trepidation, um, especially the Halloween Green film. Um, I mean, Christmas films, I, you know, I've, I've, I've learned to love over the last couple of years, having, having young kids. Um, this time of year comes around and it seems like they're on 24-7 in our household anyway um so i I'd, I'd actually seen bits of christmas chronicles while i was walking through the living room but never sat down towards the whole film um the 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 halloween film I, i'm a i'm not generally a horror fan movie a horror movie fan sorry uh, but doesn't mean to say i don't like a film with a, a bit of gore and a bit of terror in but it's the it's the slasher um guy on the loose family running away kind of movie that i i usually struggle with um but um and but i was i was quite excited to see it because i hadn't seen any of the halloween movies previously so no they they've they've tend to be movies i've just avoided because just just didn't see my cup of tea um uh, i was pleasantly surprised there let's put it that way nice 
Yeah, well, let's, I was let's, gonna say, let's start there then. Let's 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 have a closer look at Halloween, what we enjoyed and what we didn't, and let's flip over to the Christmas Chronicles and do the same. Sorry, Sam, I think I just cut you off. What were you about to say? Well, it, it was probably on along the same lines. I think as soon as Halloween started, it was on the right footing for me because I think it touched on the same way that maybe, and I haven't seen it, but I get the impression it's probably the same sort of thing, where they're tapping into that um, sort of 80s throwback, um, kind of even with sort of like the, the, the theme tune with the synths and stuff. And I thought, yeah, I, I like this. Um, you're going the right direction for me. Um, and I think even early on in the film, there started to be some shots that I thought were quite visually striking. I think it might have early on when you're introduced to the character of Michael Myers when he's out in sort of that recreation yard and it's almost like a giant chessboard or something like that. Um, that sort of stands out to me. Um, and I always think, I mean, you can't necessarily say the film is going to get saved by, you know, if it's a terrible film. I know we've speak, spoken about some, some films that we've all, all thought weren't very good that had one or two visually moments. But with this, there were definitely points where I thought, well, that is this has been made by someone that knows what they're doing and that is crafted it, um, has crafted it well. Um, which, you know, like Matt said, it's, it's, you can have like your slashers and your gory movies and they can be made with no art and no finesse. But to me, even early on, I felt like this was being made by people that knew what they were doing, loved what they were doing and were doing it well. Mm. I, I agree. The, the gore factor in Halloween 2018 um, didn't feel gratuitous at any point. So they didn't go, in, in my opinion, they didn't go overboard with any of that. Some of it was graphic, yes, you can't deny that. Uh, it is, after all, a Halloween slasher film. But it felt like they had kind of almost toned back what they were showing for the purpose not of, you know, trying to keep the rating low, because that's not what's going to happen. But they were going more for shock than they were grotesque. And I felt mm. that that really, really helped the film. So every time Michael was on the screen, he was a presence as opposed to, okay, who's going to be the most gory character off this time around? So they actually invested, I felt, more in the character in creating or making him much more of a screen presence and, and something to be feared, as opposed to having the audience trying to concentrate or second guess you know what's going to happen who's going to lose their head how's it going to look um and I'm, i really appreciate what they did there because they could so easily have gone in the other direction this is my concern for mm. scream or scream five when it comes out is that they're going to play up to more of the the gruesome nature of the franchise as opposed to the the thrill of the franchise and i was i think i was saying before we before we started that i, I listened back to one of our episodes it's very self-indulgent um uh, the one that we did about a quiet place and one of our big critiques of that movie was how much you saw of the monster and how it just kind of took its power away um uh, and actually uh, what i liked about this is like the camera just literally glances against the side of michael myers's face when he doesn't have the mask on it. you see like from a i don't know him obscured by something you never obviously you see him with the mask but there's just so many moments where they could have just shown his face and they just tantalizingly glance away from it which just makes it even more 
all like like you say there are some moments of real gore but there's often bits where you're not seeing what's going on or it's blocked because you're seeing it from another character's perspective um so yeah i i think that was really effective i have to agree with sam actually when when it when it, when it started i was i was pleasantly surprised and i really enjoyed the, the how they built his character um and and I, th I think the, the movie took a bit of a turn for me um, towards the, the latter half of the film. But, but the thing that, the thing that, that, that dragged me in with, to the first half was, was the, that character development. And mm. the, um, I mean, we, we know I have a bit of, uh, I like a bit of bloodthirsty um, kind of un ruthless killing. And, and I, I felt like the first half we had some, some, some really good, um, some really good sh shock shock moments, and and it and it steered yeah. away from the typical slasher film with someone running off into the woods. Um, mm. It was it was sadistic um, in places, and, um, and and that the point I think the point where he gets the mask, and there's literally that almost like a montage. I don't know whether it was a single shot; it could have been a single shot of him just get, walking through different households. And literally this is when uh, all the kids are outside trick-or-treating and obviously Michael Myers, Michael Myers just blends in because he's just another guy wearing a mask and he goes into the back door of a house, picks up a knife and then just starts walking from house to house to house. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that was like, I was on tender hooks the whole time through that. Very effective. Hugely so, because it's, mm. it's again, it's one of these, I don't know if this is stereotypical or whether this actually happens, but it's a neighborhood where everybody trusts each other, the doors are open and unlocked, nobody has any real concern, so I'd imagine that crime is almost non-existent because it's one of your you know, typical um, suburban kind of portrayals. And um, and so Michael Myers is just, he's just given free roam to do as he pleases. And for me, the, the effectiveness of it is the fact that he never runs. He only ever walks. He's, he literally embodies an unstoppable force. Uh, I mean, he, he gets shot and he gets injured, but he never gets killed. Mm. I mean, and I think, go ahead, Matt. Carry on, Sam, go on. We're very polite in here. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I was just going to say, um, I, um, I think to that point, to Matt's point on character development, I think they did a good job of balancing, not being like, oh, we've completely understand who he is. Um, we've, we've uncovered all his layers and, and this is what he is now because they've obviously had him locked up for years. I like the fact that they just, they give you a bit of an explanation that he's, you know, obviously got this psychosis or whatever. But I like the fact that even within that, you can tell very early on that the doctor has almost, he's fallen down the rabbit hole um, because they almost view him as this sort of mystical figure, um, even though they're supposed to be sort of professionals in their field. And, and there were just little moments that, like, I think one of the probably the most poignant ones for me was when he walks in to the baby with the crib and you're just like, oh, uh, and then and but then him not him walking back out of the room, it just shows he's got some kind of calculus going on. And 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 whatever that is, says, um, I don't need to do that. Um, uh, and yeah, so just some of those little bits. Where I just thought, actually, like you say, um, it's it almost again i don't want to be over what's the word um over analyzing or putting it but 
it feels a bit like a um almost like what we're going through in this situation at the moment if you think we've got this you know we've got a, a killer in the form of a pandemic on the loose that basically can get its way into anyone's home it's unstoppable it can't understand it can't be reasoned with um and the only thing you can really do is lock your doors and stay inside and even that might but not be enough um so watching it through the lens of what we're going through at the moment i was like mm, um but then maybe i'm just being really pretentious with making that kind of um <laughs> comparison i don't know that's good i mean yeah. it, you know that's what film is there to do it's there to allow us to reflect on what we're currently going through and it's what directors do. Directors make films based on their or reflections of their own lives. So I think that's a very valid point. Um, just going back to the baby in the crib, this is what I'm talking about in terms of they went for tension over gore. It's like whoever thought of putting Michael Myers in the same room as a baby when there are no adults in the house, because correct me if I'm wrong, he murdered the woman who was looking after the child, which mm. I got the impression was either a babysitter or a grandparent um and so it's like okay this poor defenseless child is crying in the crib and literally in the same building as michael myers it's like they went i, I just love how they've gone for tension at every point they could as opposed to we don't care about tension let's just slice and dice and there's plenty of slicing and dicing i'm thinking of when he goes into again one of the houses that's unlocked just walks up to the woman grabs her heads and literally in her front window for everybody to see, but nobody notices, stabs her through the throat. And that, that for me was just like, whoa, that was because we'd gone for tension over gore. The shock factor of that was actually more intense when I'd seen it. I think that if the film was always just, you know, slicing and dicing and cutting and stabbing, then that wouldn't have been as effective as it was. So the people who made this have really picked their moments for gore and picked their moments for tension, which is what I think raises this film above the usual kind of stuff we get around Halloween time. It's, it's so good in what it does. I was, um, there, there was a point when he got onto the bus in the, in the beginning, um, you know, I, I think, it, and I don't think it's just me here. I, I thought to myself, ah, that bus is going to crash and he's going to escape. Um, <laughs> And that uh, I, I thought, right, film's ruined. I, I don't want any more. That's it. Was that engineered by the the doctor? Because that was, I don't know if I missed, I missed that. Because I know, obviously, like, spoiler alert, later on in the movie, the doctor proves that he's completely lost his grip on reality and, and almost wants Michael Myers to complete his, whatever his mission is. I, I kind of took it that maybe somehow the doctor had almost planned or had some hand in that, that crash, as opposed to it just being, oh, on the anniversary of the day that, you know, whatever that he happened to. The bus I think we should find that out after, actually. After the crash, yeah. I think we find out that he was behind yeah. it. But um, yeah. it didn't, when, when the crash happened, I, I, I actually wasn't that perturbed by it, to be honest. So, yeah, okay, that, that happened. Um, it, mm. it, it, Took it took some of the the four formulas within horror movies and um, used them, but but it didn't feel like a cliche. Mm -hmm. I I want oh sorry Sam go for it. I was just going to say um, thinking about kind of cliches and thinking about the this movie. What did you think of the character like Jamie Lee Curtis's character? 
the granddaughter, the the, 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 the mother. The yeah, what what were your opinions on on them? Um, I, 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 it was the latter half of the movie when he was actually chasing them down, which, which um, I didn't enjoy too much. I, I must admit. Um, so we got into the realms of 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 oh, we've got to escape this person. Should we run upstairs or downstairs or into the woods? I felt I felt we were stepping on very very familiar ground at that point. I, I agree I, to, I to an extent, I, I do. But I, I want to take the beginning of the film and the ending of the film and put them side by side. Um, so ending the film, just to set the scene, is that we've got uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode. We've got Judy Greer's character, Karen, which is Laurie Strode's daughter. And I want to say Alison was the granddaughter. I think, I, I think, I think Alison's the character named the granddaughter, uh, Andy uh, Matichuk. I apologise if I'm absolutely butchering that. But you've got the three women in the house because the, the husband has, has been murdered um, outside, funnily enough. And you've got the, the beginning with the bus where it, it you know, it uh, crashes, breaks down, whatever. That's very old hat. We've seen it time and time again. But then you've got the, the bit at the end where Karen is in the basement with a gun pointing towards the door and then Michael Myers manages to burst through the door. She's putting on this whole act of, I can't pull the trigger, mum, save me, I can't do it, I can't do it. And as soon as Michael Myers shows his face, she literally switches and says, gotcha, shoots him. I was practically cheering at that point for the same reason in the sense that in so many horror films, we've seen people in a dominant position lose their nerve and the killer kills them because they take uh, advantage of the weakness in their character air quotes for those of you who aren't watching um, and so I, I thought that they used a healthy mixture of the two so that we didn't necessarily see the flip of the the usual narrative or the cliche when that happens I just thought that it added to that I think um an interesting thing with the character of Laurie Strode is there's almost a parallel with um uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna forget the name of the character, but I'm thinking Terminator Two. Sarah Connor. Um, uh, Sarah Connor, yeah. So the idea, because I remember someone criticising Terminator Two, like, oh, you know, she, you know, she suddenly knows how to use all these guns. She suddenly that like, it's not, no, it's not sudden because the background of her character is that she has developed this and learned this and the same on both of them. They've, they've developed all these skills and abilities to survive or be ready for this attack when it happens at the, uh, at, at the expense of their family and having those relationships because people don't believe them. And so I quite liked that and I bought into that. Mm, me too. Which is why I appreciated that they ignored all of the films in between because Laurie Strode had literally been preparing for 40 years for that one specific event to the point where when Michael goes after her in her house at the end, she's got all of these wonderful contraptions that I thought were really clever. They weren't overdone. You know, they weren't like big bear traps in the, in the floor and all this and the other. It was simply an effective way for her to clear a room and close the door behind her so that Michael can't go from room to room. So I really liked that. The only one thing was the mechanical moving kitchen 
um, uh, island or whatever it was in the, I, that that was probably a bit too far for me I was like nah come on what what job have you been doing that's managed to get you the, the capital to build that in your house nah, I'm not, that could have been done simpler but apart from that fair enough I'll yeah I'll, I'll, I'll meet you on that one it, it, she certainly had an engineering degree of some description um, but I, I just thought it was a really nice way of doing something that could have been done very old hats. They went for tension over gore. You still got your gore for those of you horror fans who enjoy it, but they didn't overplay it. They made Michael Myers what he should have been, uh, an, you know, an unstoppable force, but he's still human. So he, can st he gets shot, he limps, he still gets injured, he can be slowed down. Um, and without talking about the ending a bit too much, obviously they leave it completely. I mean, what am I talking about? We spoil things all the time. They trap <laughs> him, they blow the house up, he's still alive. Yeah. I, um, I actually was hoping for, so in the same vein that we, we always know James Bond's going to win, you know, win in, in them, I was hoping that the family would all get get murdered. And I, I don't know if you all expected that from me, but um, <laughs> yes. I'm, just, I'm just waiting for that horror film when, when they all die and, and, the, and the family wins. And I, I thought that was going to be the film, if I'm honest. Fair enough. Fair enough. There was another point where they played against type as well, which was, and it's just a, not a massive moment in the movie, but when um, uh, the granddaughter, when she's walking home from the, the prom or the whatever, not the prom, the, the party or whatever, um, with her friend and he sort of makes a move on her and then she's like whoa i'm not interested i thought we were going to go for the oh he's going to force himself on her and then and then she gets essentially rescued by the killer because yeah. he killed but i like the fact that he was like oh no no i'm really sorry i'm just i've had way too much to drink oh I, I, that's a massive mistake i was so stupid i was like that's nice that they played that against character yeah. and that actually yeah he just was a bit of an idiot he wasn't just the typical I'm going to be the jock that then becomes the victim and we're glad that you've been dispatched because you were an immoral person sort of thing. Absolutely. They, pl they play against type all the time. And it was watching a horror film, and I've seen many, it was really refreshing to see all of this being turned on its head. I think the last time I had this much fun with a horror film where they kind of defied expectation was, um, and I, I, I don't think you guys enjoy it, if I remember from a conversation before, Cabin in the Woods, directed by Joss Whedon. Um, no, they, quite they, like that. Yeah, I, th I thought it was good. They played against type on that one a lot as well. And, and I was kind of having the same enjoyment. Don't get me wrong. This is much more of a serious tone than Cabin in the Woods. The two aren't comparable. But that was the last time that I saw somebody playing against type so much. Mm. I saw uh, Matt was shaking his head then. Have you, have you, have you seen Cabin? I, have you, have you, have you, I, I haven't seen that movie, no. Okay, cool. No. Well, we, maybe we'll save it for another day. Um, all right, then. So let's, because obviously we're talking about two films. I don't want to necessarily run it into three hours. So let's let's take a flip um, and let's go on to Christmas Chronicles then. So, <laughs> no word of a lie, like what it sounds like for, for a couple of you guys. Is that I've watched bits of this here and there. And then I sat down and watched the rest, well, all of it from start to finish this morning. Um, and what we're doing is we started watching it. My daughter absolutely loved it like the beginning she's five and then she got a little bit bored and i was like i'll tell you what well let's put the christmas tree up which is right there in the background if you're watching on youtube and um, we watched the rest of the film 
whilst we were watching the Christmas, um, whilst we were putting the Christmas tree up, no word of a lie. By the end of it, she was snuggled up to her mum, giving a big hugs with a huge smile on her face, enjoying the heck out of this film. So in terms of a five-year-old, all I'm going to say from that is obviously if you're looking for a family film, it's definitely worth the watch as a family together. And I wonder whether part of that is that, I guess with these films, sometimes there's like a, not necessarily a generational thing, but sometimes it does depend on like when you watch it, like that there will be a Christmas film that you watched at a, a Christmas when you were a child. And it might not be the best film, but you're like, no, that, that, that's going to be one of my, you know, ones that I'm going to hold on to. Although I will say at the very start of this film, I probably had the same reaction to Halloween in the sense that with that opening montage of the videos from Christmases, both me and my wife looked to each other and went, who's going to die? Because <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like, right, where's yeah. the tragedy? Wait, come on, it's clearly going to happen. Well, if this um, had been a Disney so, production, yeah, it, it was a bit both parents. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah. No, you don't pull punches. No, um, no, but I, I agree with you. No, I, Using the camera, I'd, I'd seen, and all that, um, it was all very much. We've seen this before. One of the parents is going to die. We need a reason for these kids to not enjoy Christmas anymore. Oh no! Mm. And it's yeah, it's not treading any original ground in terms of the concept of Santa Claus in the real world, so to speak, and how does he navigate that, and how do these children help him? Uh, there's not it. I don't think you can, um, I wouldn't point fingers at it and say, oh, ter terribly unoriginal because it, yeah, I just don't, I, I don't know. I don't think they were really going for that in in that sense. I don't know. I don't know if you guys got the same thing, if they were just unapologetically saying, yes, this is that kind of film. I, I think they were maybe um, aiming this, I think there's a bit of a, a, a gap in the in the market for for Christmas films. You, you've got your um, Muppets Christmas Cows and Santa Claus and uh, Santa Claus and you know the, the ones with the dogs. I can't remember them what they were called. Um, but and then you've got your your Elf and your um, Bad Santa, which are for you know for, for teenagers. And I think this this fits somewhere in between because there there was there was definitely a few times uh, my daughter looked at me with a kind of cheeky, oh, oh, oh my God, has that happened? You know, when the kids stole the car, you know, in the beginning, I was, I was gobsmacked. I couldn't believe this was happening in a kid's Christmas film. And Santa's and, uh, a stolen car, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and, you know, Santa, the way he spoke to some of the people in the restaurant, I think my daughter was a bit, uh, a bit taken back by that. Um, and perhaps a bit shocked that Santa, that Santa would talk in this way. Uh, my son thought it was hilarious from beginning to end, but he's that little bit older than she was. But I, th I think it's it's it, it's trying to fill a gap. I think of the really cutesy film, and then the the, the films for for teenagers. And that that's a difficult line to 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 kind of walk, because it could very easily go one way or the other, where either the the parents, the adults get bored, or the kids get bored. Um, so it, it's not easy. Now. What do we think of Kurt Russell as Santa Claus? What, is, what, do we, what do we feel about it? The reason that I bring this up is because I have a very strong opinion of this man, Snake Plissken, the action hero from the 80s, playing Santa. Now, I always get mixed up, and I can never remember whether it's him that's in um, Stargate 
or whether that's Dennis Quaid. No, that's him. Um, that's him. It's him. It's oh, him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But he's won some points already from me. Um, yeah, I, I didn't mind his um, his version of Santa. That kind of uh, again, I don't think it's super original. Um, but I, uh, it's a bit like um, I don't know. It's a bit like take like vampires or zombies or anything that's kind of supernatural sort of thing you've got to make your rules and then you've got to stick to them so he had the way that his sort of magic worked so to speak and what he could do with that and um and i think they they used that well as to kind of push the plot along at different points and and um and i think the only the, the one bit with him in particular his character that i didn't like was actually the song when they do that kind of 12 bar blues kind of rocking out in the prison cell. Oh, no. For me, I, yeah, I just couldn't get on board with that. I was just a bit like, oh, this I is I had the complete opposite reaction. Oh. I loved the heck out of that. I thought it was brilliant. It oh, came man. out of nowhere. Um, all these, in, obviously Santa's magical. All these instruments are just appearing from behind Santa. And then before you know it, you've got a massive jazzy musical bluesy number in the middle of a Christmas film. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, no, I, I, I had a few eye rolls at that point as well. Yeah. I, can't believe, I cannot <laughs> believe I'm the only one who enjoyed that. Where's Andy? Andy! I know Andy would have loved that. Would he? Would he? Oh, of course he would. <laughs> I think he would. You make a judgment for him. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think I think there were to Matt's point. There, there was slight had that slightly more kind of more teen approach to it. But then I almost think it it's kind of like the way that maybe children always read a little bit above their reading age. I think if you showed this to like a maybe a fifteen, sixteen year old, they'd probably roll their eyes. Whereas maybe. An 11, 12-year-old would be like, this is cool. And, you know, some of the edgy, the, the, the classic edgy gangsters who are surprisingly nice. Um, they don't literally just beat the kid up in the park, which is what would really happen or whatever. Um, some of those bits that were kind of pulled back, but also at the same time, yeah, I get it, you know, Santa, you know, and basically stealing a car. Yeah, that's that's pretty, that's quite fun. And, and, and I did like the, um, I like the back and forth between him and the police officer. Um, I thought that was um, that was quite a fun, a good interaction, and actually I liked how both of the characters you kind of saw a little bit of development from them in that as well. So I will give you that. I will give Kurt Russell that. I think I think he really played a good a good Father Christmas actually. I, I I think it worked well, better than better than some of them I've seen. That's for sure. So I I want to throw in what I think is probably the. Th the weakest thing for this film for me um, is the the scene, especially when we've had that crazy scene with the, the the floating presents and all that stuff, and 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 I thought that was pretty visually impressive. Mm. But the CGI I thought was pretty ropey, and also not just that, but the actual design choice and the the, the way that they spoke. Oh, it, and and then the, the slapstick fight. Oh, I, no, I just. For me, I was thinking I was, I I couldn't. I'm I'm going I'm going full tilt here. Um, on against this, but I'm not I'm not like anti Christmas or anti Christmas movie. I just think there are other films that have done that better. I think something like Elf 
in in terms of the style of some of the CGI or stop motion or whatever they've done with some of those characters was a lot more loving and um, I don't know. Whereas I, I felt that the the little elves just ugh, they creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> I must admit the elves were a little dodgy on the CGI front, um, but I like what they were going for. They weren't going for your stereotypical. Hey, here's all of our short actors. Um, they're all the elves. They they went for like a whole different race of people. Um, well, they're not even people. They weren't human. They are elves. Um, so I, I kind of appreciated that. But yeah, the, the CGI and the elves could have been a little bit better. But do you think that they were going for that in terms of style, like a more um, more cartoony kind of look so that the kids wouldn't be terrified of these essentially little things? Or, or am I just trying to defend really bad CGI? <laughs> I think it's the sort of thing that probably, as I'm probably not the target audience for this film in some ways, I think as a kid, you probably would just forgive it and overlook it and get on board with it. To me, it felt like kind of in the realm of the Jar Jar Binks kind of, we're going to try and go for something funny and it's just like, it's not that good. I think they blew their budget on Kurt Russell, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You could have done Goldie a CGI Santa <laughs> and Goldie Horn's um, uh, cameo at the end as well. That must have cost a bob or two. A yeah, bob or yeah. two. Jeez, what generation am I from? Um, <laughs> you there, sir? What day is it? <laughs> yes, hello, dear sir. <laughs> have you got the funnies in the paper today? Um, I love Kurt Russell's take on Santa. I thought it was great, but like, but I've been disappointed with Santa's pretty much since Tim Allen did his. Because um, again, like I said, I was a kid and I really enjoyed that one. Um, and and I, even though I enjoy horror as much as I do, I can go for that family feel, that whole kind of like warm, fuzzy feeling, all on the the sofa together watching a a film together. Uh, but I I really enjoyed his take on it, and I got to go back to it. The the whole bluesy, jazzy kind of number in the middle. That was it for me. I was like, right, this film has got me. I am 100% bought. I'm all in. I'm more than happy to sit through and watch to the end. I thought it was great. I went and made a cup of tea at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the um, what about the kids? What about the two, um, the, the leads? I, I don't know if I've seen, they, they feel recognisable. Uh, uh, maybe they've been in some, I haven't had, a, um, I didn't properly IMDB them. But What um, I will say what is that you... at least they aren't too irritating because you can get kid actors that are just like oh goodness me go away and because they're in most of the film that's a big problem for some of these family films oh that makes me feel old she was born in oh my goodness me darby Kemp, like... who's the 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 sister oh she was born in 2007 <laughs> oh man oh man um i'm just having a quick look at her but i i don't recognize her in anything and then the brother was sure judah, lewis. judah lewis oh man he was only born in 2001 um <laughs> okay he's been in a little bit more the, uh, did you watch the netflix is the babysitter no okay um demolition in 2015 uh i see you Summer of '84. He's not been in like, I mean, he's 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 acted an episode of yeah. CSI. You know, he's been in some some stuff, but he's not not exactly. Well, he will be well known now because uh, he's in two very big Netflix films. 
I, I, I don't thought... believe their, their relationship at all, the brother and sister. Um, where, the, you know, um, if you go, you know, calling each, when they called each other Teddy Bear and uh, what, was, what, was, what was his name? Kitty Cat or Kitty something cat. like that, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. In, they had nicknames for each other, and I thought, "Oh God, I, know. The, I, I didn't buy any." Which, which, what brother and sister call each other? Um, well, I, I have a loving nickname for my brother, which I can't repeat on this show. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I have three sisters, and their nicknames are nowhere near as nice as that. Yeah, and um, oh, I had a problem with his character as well. He was far too nice to be. Um, to be going out and stealing cars with his friends. He, he just didn't seem that kind of guy. No. He's a um, PG-13 bad boy. He's <laughs> yeah. family friendly. Yeah. Family and, uh, friendly bad guy. Yeah. I like it. No, I, I feel that uh, like so many films, because it's a family film and they essentially they're rushing to get to Santa. They're trying to set up the tragedy. One of the parents dies, boo hoo. And then they're trying to get to Santa as quickly as they can after that's happened and so they rush all character beats because they know that their money is kurt russell and so they don't really establish the relationship between the brother and the sister they don't really establish the relationship between the 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 children and the mother they don't really establish all that much at all they do it in shorthand sometimes shorthand works uh, I can't think of an example right now because it's so rare. Sometimes it doesn't. I just feel that this is one of those occasions where it didn't really work. But the point of it was to get to Kurt Russell as quick as possible. And then we can start the kids' redemption stories. Yay. There, I, 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 maybe it was the, um, maybe it was the, uh, the, the, the glass of whiskey I had alongside it. Um, <laughs> but when, when we did get to the brother sort of breaking down, you know, his, you know, uh, when he revealed kind of his uh, weakness and the, the the remorse for the loss of his dad, I was a bit like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting some feels. Not not Disney Pixar level feels, but I'm getting yeah. some. Um, so maybe I believed it a little bit more than Matt did. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't write it off. I wasn't sat there going, yeah, no, I'm not buying into this. That's fair. I mean, yeah, it, it got me a few times. I, uh, I I enjoyed some of the the, the feels moments, as you put it, um, and to the point where overall I, I really enjoyed the film. Obviously, now in my opinion, there's not as much to talk about this film as there is uh, Halloween. Now, spoiler alert, because I want to see how this made you guys feel. It is set up early in the film that Santa is unable to fly without his magical hat. And yet right at the end of the film, you realize that that's a crock of rubbish and he can fly anytime he chooses and he has essentially masterminded the whole film based on the fact that he could have flown at any stage he wanted and saved christmas on his own but hey we had a redemption story to go through and santa mm. kind of did that the real gift was the friends we made along the way oh my god <laughs> um the Santa for me, he, he wasn't. He wasn't a good bloke, to be honest. He wasn't the Santa that I think is out there um, delivering presents on, on Christmas Eve. It just emotionally manipulative Santa. Exactly. Exactly. He he manipulated <laughs> all of the events, and he he basically manipulated two young children. I mean, well done, Santa. Well done. The dark side of Santa. 
yeah I, I mean i i kind of at the end of it i did think yeah kind of saw that coming a little bit but then it's you know it's that type of film isn't it where it's like oh well we we always knew they were gonna there was gonna be redemption they were gonna rebuild and restore and strengthen their relationships um and even in the end when they come in and and the house has been decorated for them and everything like that. I was like, oh no, that's that's a bit nice. I did again grimace a little bit with the 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 ball, the Christmas bauble that <laughs> shows the image of the father saying, "I'm so, yeah. proud of you, son." I was like, oh, no, that's great. That's but haven't you haven't you got like you know, um, I don't know five years worth of Christmas uh, movies, home movies that they've been shooting. Uh, that does exactly the same thing. You just pop in a tape and, hey, there's dad. Yeah, there's maybe a smarter way they could have done that um, at the end. But, yeah, yeah. Again, they've probably blown their budget at that stage. So um, (laughs) just uh, stick him in the ball ball when you're done. Yeah. (laughs) Stick him in the ball ball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is the thing. Again, it is about target audience um uh, and and i guess when we come to as we were saying we've got to recommend one of these movies over the other one is the premise isn't it so yeah i guess it depends what kind of mindset you're in um when you look at it from that perspective um yeah well let's uh, matt unless you want to add anything to christmas chronicles um I, I, I only that I watched number two first, actually. Oh. Um, before before you recommended this, I I, um, I, um, I watched the second one first, and and you can watch that as a standalone film. Oh, what, the second one, you can watch it as a standalone. Oh, that's good because I'm gonna probably watch the second one at some point over Christmas with the kids because um, they they really enjoyed the first one both of them i mean my son is two going on three my daughter's five going on six and they both sat down and watched this i was like i couldn't believe it all right well then, i'm happy well, to let's... step out there and uh say that i will not be watching the second one <laughs> <laughs> i wonder what sam oh no because yeah. obviously parents on pictures we have to recommend with parents that can only watch one in mind and with that in mind, let's go straight to it. Now, bear in mind, gents, that it is not only the spirit of Christmas that is up for fighting here, but it is also the soul of Halloween. Because, of course, we're putting the two holidays against each other with two films that are from 2018, both of which are significantly better than I had anticipated when I was picking these films, because Halloween is... Well, it's at the tail end of a franchise that died many, many years ago. Um, and Christmas Chronicles, it's a Santa movie. And was like, we haven't seen a thousand of them before. So I'm not going to lie. Overall, I figured that the quality of both of these films would be significantly lower than what they are. So I was pleasantly surprised with both of them. And given that I've rambled on, I'm going to jump straight in and do my recommend, not recommend. Um, I really, really like horror. I'd put horror above Christmas any day of the week. But do you know what did it for me? And I'm, I'm going to recommend Christmas Chronicles. And it was the point when I had decided which one I was going to recommend was the bit that you guys 
didn't like, and it was the bluesy <laughs> number in the middle of the film. I had so much fun with that film. I kid you not, it's probably the only Christmas film that I have really enjoyed since I was a kid watching Tim Allen in the first Santa movie that he did. That's how long it's been since I've really enjoyed a Christmas film. And so for me, even though I am a horror nut and I've flipping loved Halloween for the purpose of Parents on Pictures podcast, Christmas wins it for me. Sorry. <laughs> I know I'm going to go out there now and I'm going to, I'm going to cry a little bit, but yeah. So I, I recommend uh, Christmas Chronicles. Who wants to go next? <laughs> I'll go. Um, so I'm also um, recommending Christmas Chronicles. Um, over this period, there's not going to be many, many evenings um, to watch um, adult movies. And um, I guess if you're going to watch an adult movie, I would, I would pick something better than Halloween. It, it was full of disappointment for me. Um, I enjoyed the first 45 minutes, um, but then it just for me it disappeared into uh into drivel i i didn't enjoy the, the, the half at all um christmas chronicles it's it's a, a fun film to watch with the kids they'll enjoy it um and perhaps you might get 20 minutes half an hour hour and a half shy while it's on so um I, I, I recommend that film. I love that. So you're recommending it on the basis of how much sleep you can get as a parent. That is go. genius. <laughs> Keep the kids quiet. Apologies, my dog has just come to say hello. Um, hello, doggy. Yeah, right, my, my two have been playing in the background the whole time. Sam, well, that, that <clears throat> leaves it with you, my man. Uh, is, is Christmas going to have a clean sleep? Uh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Christmas. Um, it's uh, Christmas Chronicles is not going to be a recommend for me. I don't know if it would, even if we were doing, even if we were doing the kind of the versus on this, I don't know if Christmas Chronicles would be a recommend to me um, anyway. Um, I think there are better um, Christmas movies out there. I think if you want to do sort of that kind of fish out of water kind of type thing, Elf is a much better um, example of that. Um, uh, I think is got jokes that just stand out for me and will uh, kind of like a almost like in in my kind of friendship group we come back to um like i said i like bits of it i enjoyed some elements of it i really didn't enjoy the elves sadly didn't enjoy the musical number it would have been maybe even less jarring if there'd been a musical number in halloween um uh no, that's probably a bit over the top but yeah um and, and, and again, the, I wasn't massively disappointed with the central theme of like the loss of a parent and dealing with that. But I would say that actually, if you want something, not that people go out looking for that kind of genre, but actually two movies that I think do that better are Onward, um, the recent Disney Pixar movie, which was a complete and total, just kind of a gut punch to the emotions um, in such a good way in, in that movie. And also um, Over the Moon um, is another kids movie which deals with loss and relationships and family in a much better way. So if you want to have, you know, if you want something that's going to teach your kids about that in a really kind of loving way, then I would go for those movies over Christmas Chronicles. Um, and, and I wouldn't say that, again, I'm rambling here, the short version is I really liked Halloween. Um, 
same as Matt. The latter part of it probably wasn't as good as the, the early parts of it. But it, um, yeah, it, it delivered for me. Um, and um, I think I, even at Christmas time, would probably recommend it more than Christmas Chronicles. So I'm going to be the, um, the dissension from the ranks here and I'm going to go for Halloween. Nicely done. Now, I must admit, I was on the fence um, up and up and well, up until the jazz. Um, this is going to be one that you regret, isn't it? This yeah, is going to be one that you come we back actually and say, we were, the other yeah. way. We were just talking about this before we went live. Um, I was because we we've done a lot of um, listening over old podcasts to see what works, what doesn't work. Self indulgence because it's been a while since we've been able to record. And I mentioned that not recommending a quiet place was one of my big regrets. And I got a sneaky suspicion that in a six months' time, when Christmas is no longer here, not recommending Halloween might be another regret. But I'm I'm sticking to my guns, ish. So yeah, um, Christmas wins this one. Christmas wins this one. So it, it it's been an absolute pleasure being bar here. humbug, bar humbug. But I'm glad I'm glad somebody <laughs> had the good sense to recommend Halloween. I thought it was a great film, but again, I kind of echo everything that you guys have said, except for maybe the last ten minutes where they did that little flip. Um, I really enjoyed that, but the whole leading up to it, yeah, I've seen it before. Um, right, so obviously we don't really have a schedule over Christmas. I was supposed to put one together, but we've been very, very busy with the business recently. Um, so the idea is, is that we will pick another Halloween film and another Christmas film, and we will compare them again. Uh, obviously, how many hosts will be there will fluctuate. We're all very busy. We've got families to, to look after. In my case, I've got families to buy presents for. Um, Oh, excuse me. So at this stage, <laughs> there are absolutely no promises whatsoever. So if if this is the only pod that we do, Christmas versus Halloween, Christmas has won. The Christmas spirit has come through. <laughs> now, before we go, gents, is there anything that you would like to add this evening? Only to wish everyone a very happy Christmas. Be aggressively positive, no matter what situation you're in. Have a good time. It's in order. Love it. I'm Mira Sam here. You know, regardless of, of situations we're in the current climate, just you know, you sit back, relax, enjoy the time with 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 yourself or your families, but just have fun. Absolutely love that. Be aggressively positive and have lots of fun. We know that we're all going through some difficult stages here in 2020 with COVID, regardless of what tier you might be in the UK, or if you're one of our international listeners, how exactly your country is dealing with it. We are all in the same boat and my heart goes out to each and every single one of you. Um, so rather than going through all the usual marketing about Facebook and Patreon, I'm simply going to say have a lovely Christmas if you don't celebrate Christmas, have a good season, and we'll all see you again soon. Everybody say bye now. Yeah. Bye now.